Thanks for joining us for Subject to Change. We're here with Hobie Stocking, an author and a storyteller and a great guy. I got your book. Ah, okay, which, thank you. Which is awesome. And and just for the for the record, there's a note in the book, and it says, "Jody, thanks. Here's the deal. One, if the book winds up in a little library, I'll refund your purchase minus shipping. <laughs> okay. Two." Yes to interviewing for your podcast. My areas of focus are A, climate communication. B, I run a clean energy program for my city, Hobie. I guess that works. Please don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. When you see the little microphone in the lower right, click on that to learn more. We're so glad you're here. I already had a little mind shift from reading your book because you said, savor the earth. And and that was like, wow, that's a much more real and connective phrase than save the wor- the earth as if we had a, a right to be the savior of this, this complex system that is nurturing us. That's like that's like when in in business, and I'm an architect and in, in a very in still a very male-dominated industry, it's like when somebody thinks that they know what you need to succeed, but they've never asked you. We're we're not asking Mother Earth. We're not savoring her responses, which I was yeah. so enamored and, with. And that and that kind of moves this, you know, the approach that to answer Lauren's question is in a broad sense, I'm interested in storytelling and how we can use more of it. Because I believe that the climate movement is failing. It, it, we have successes, yes, we get things like the IRA passed, but there, there's so much evidence out there that we're not doing enough. Beware the response of entrenchment. In part, it's because for a long time, um, we've been trying to fight climate denial. And uh, it's, it, that doesn't work. Uh, trying to prove something to somebody that isn't willing to open their mind to what actually might be helping. Um, and it actually has the opposite effect, is that it entrenches. If, if, if somebody says climate change is real and then I try and prove it to them, we can never prove anything to anyone. Uh, mm-hmm. And the climate movement has a is used to focus on facts and reason. And often facts and reason are necessary, but they, again, don't convince anyone of anything in the process. We really need better storytelling. I believe that we will succeed if we tell better stories. We tell better stories. It's like connective. It's so... Right. And it's hopeful. Stories, storytelling, even when the stories are challenging, are engaging to the point where you realize you have agency in the decisions and in the process. Even if the outcome of a story is quite horrific. I mean, people love thrillers, people love murder mysteries, but there's something in that in a good story, in a in a story told well, that connects you to the experience we can attract people but we can't persuade them if if we can take a horse a cowboy and the theme from the magnificent seven and get millions of people to smoke marlboro cigarettes (laughs) we can 
certainly do better at climate communications. Uh, <laughs> scare tactics just don't work. The other thing that I think we do too much of is we, we believe that we can scare people into acting. If mm. we tell people how, how dangerous things are, or, you know, and I get a hundred emails a day and 90 of them say, we're all going to die. And mm -hmm. yes, okay, I, I accept that. What it does is it leads to apathy and fatigue mm. and disengagement uh, in the climate. So the question really becomes, what can we be doing and how can we think about what we're doing? And so much is surrounded by culture bias. The other thing that I think we tend to do is we... We often tell our stories within the given narrative of our culture. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, yeah. one, and there are quite a few dominant narratives that we have. So, for example, it might be something like, um, oh, if you work hard, you'll get ahead. Well, that might be true if you're white, but it might not be true if you're a BIPOC person or, you know, you haven't had the same advantages. Uh, and yet we tend to believe those things and they become subliminal and we make choices as a culture and a society as a result of that. So uh, I say that there's four or five major narratives that we can tell our stories under. And, you know, the first would be climate justice. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you're familiar with that. Another would be the natural world, which is what my book is illustrating in part. Um, another might be just he uh, heritage and preservation. Mm. Uh, health could be a narrative. And then there is a religious narrative uh, as well. So how do we pivot the narrative? And so if we pivot from the dominant narratives, and one might be the economic narrative, which mm -hmm. includes anything from jobs. And, and my story there is, <laughs> I did it. I was testifying against a pipeline with an administrative law judge, and I saw these guys in the room who were all wearing yellow T-shirts, and they were uh, local forty-nine pipe fitters. And mm -hmm. afterward. I went up to their leader and I said, you know, yeah, I know you're on the other side of this argument, but tell me why you're so adamant about putting in this pipeline. And uh, the guy looked at me and went, well, okay, it's because we want the jobs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being a young man, I said, okay, I've got the answer to this. I can convince him. <laughs> All I have to do is tell them this fact. And indeed, I said, well, you know, renewable energy jobs are 10 times more than pipeline jobs in terms of you know, generating new jobs. And he looked at me like I had quoted him some sort of uh, quadratic equation, or, <laughs> you know, quantum mechanics or whatever. And he just waited for a second and he said, well, we want those jobs too. And so what yeah. I had done is I had fallen right into the trap of trying to out jobs someone, which mm -hmm. is a reason and it doesn't help where I might've had 
a better conversation with him, talking about my grandson's asthma and the health impacts that are happening. And so yeah. If, yeah. We, if we start to think about those narratives and where we tell our stories, uh, we're gonna be a lot better off. And quite frankly, we're up against some pretty stiff competition uh, from oh. fossil fuel think tanks and different uh, conservative media, because we're, we're one of the only countries on the face of the earth that has a party that's completely in denial about our, our, our environment and our, our climate. And let's not forget about humility. The challenge that I face is that, that I just can't, I, I truly can't comprehend how you, how they cannot be aware of the changes that have occurred in even the last 20 years, let alone 30, 40, 50. And, and, and so I have to caution myself because I'm so certain of my climate facts that I have to come still to the conversations and, and prepare myself before I go, before I go into a conversation to have humility and curiosity, because if I go in there with my climate facts, <laughs> I'm just not going to have a conversation at all. A sign-off with words from Hobie's book, Earthwalking. What you do is incredibly important and significant. Thank you for all the work that you do. A better world is possible, one that is equitable, one that is powered by clean, renewable energy, one where our first responsibility is not to serving ourselves, but in how we serve others. One where our children are assured a safe future. The pursuit of this world bonds us together in appreciating the world, nature, and the wonder of which we are part. It provides us with collective safety, one where we are all earthwalkers. We are all connected, savor the earth. That's beautiful. Yeah. I got chills in hearing you read it because it, it does exactly what I think we need to remind ourselves, each of us as individuals, uh, of, you know, of our place in the world. It's a contributing piece of the complexity. Well, thank you both for what you're doing. <laughs> and, you know, you help spread the, spread <laughs> the action. Thanks for joining us for Subject to Change. That's yeah, me. I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Hobie. And thank you for your time today. This has been yeah. beautiful. Okay. Your engineering look is great. I'm just saying, <laughs> I feel like this is your philosophical look that you've got today. Okay. Well, I can send you a philosophical look as well. <laughs>